Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And another action pack, info pack, whatever the thing. Yeah. I felt like I was doing a movie. I don't know. We gotta talk about verses. We gotta talk about sixty-nine million dollars. You'll understand later. And we gotta talk about Cardi and a little bit of get to know her a little bit more. But just a lot to talk about. Just a lot. Moose, how are we feeling? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, a lot of things happen in the culture. This is, what, three weeks in a row that we've had some sort of acquisition, partnership, ownership, stuff happening. So, yeah, this is going to be good. I'm excited to jump into it. And I need to do a business and just sell it. I'm just saying we'll get into that, but uh, let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So you already know what time it is. It is the review of the week. And this one comes from, y'all need to have better uh, usernames because this is is hard. It's hard. AMH3891, all right? It says, in a world driven by social media, we see the fruits of our labors of success, but we don't get to understand the mentality and drive behind it. I love how this podcast dissects what sets those people apart so that we understand those different... y'all got me. Oh, <laughs> di- say that word. <laughs> Differentiators. Yeah? Yes. Differentiators. That one. And apply them. Trying this back. Wait. Trying this back to the flight assessment makes it even more practical. Great podcast and insight. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. I sucked at that one. AMH. Yeah, yes. <laughs> appreciate you, AMH something something. We appreciate you and everybody who leaves the review. Continue to do that. We love you. Um, but let's get into this podcast. First off, um, today I'm a little frustrated. My whole, my whole iMac just went to crap. Whole. Whole. Just wanted to put that out there. So if I sound a little aggressive today um, and a little bit more passionate, <laughs> this is where it has come from. I'm just letting you know. But Gotta blow the steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> we're going to have... Go on our early promo. Go on our YouTube live... Tuesdays, 8 p.m., because I'm going to talk about this whole situation. Just letting you know. But, um, yo, Moose, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. And, of course, we got to talk about one of my favorite topics. We got to talk about Versus. So, uh, Versus got acquired. Acquired. I like that acquired by Triller, right? And so the first thing I thought of, what would that mean? What is, what, what's happening? You just signed a deal with Apple. We were doing so well. What, what What's going on? What more 
How did you sell this? What's happening, right? So uh, for all the uh, YouTube viewers, you can see this. My audio people, of course, I'm going to read this to you. But it says, Versus has been acquired by Triller Network. Versus will continue to stream on Instagram and now also on Triller. Every artist who did a Versus is now a shareholder in Triller Versus. Swiss and Timbaland will now oversee music uh, strategy at Triller. Wow. Huh, let me go. Let me go straight wow. into the video so we could discuss. I, I need y'all to understand wh why this is a big deal. We want ownership from other people, but we don't give ownership to to each other. We want respect Back. from other people, but we don't give respect to each other. Triller. Everybody, everybody got to go download Triller now. Let me tell you why. Because Back. it has the most creators of own that the most creators that are owners in any company in the world. The most. Black and brown people are owners at Triller than any other. We brought 43 people with us. They already had 30 people over there that, that, that are owners of color and creators. Wow. That's huge. Uh, Moose, you want to start this? You, you want to? Yeah. That, that, Tell me that, how you feel. I think. Yeah, I think that was my favorite part of the deal, man. Like, going through, and I think we talked about it as soon as it popped up. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, this is cool. Yep. And then I'm like, whoa, ownership for everyone who's contributed, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And and when you think of just... Now, of course, the details, they haven't let too much out. I was, like, peeking around, trying to see, well, how much, what's mm -hmm. going on, but not not too much was really revealed. Right. Uh, my intuition tells me, uh, maybe about a month ago, there was a picture that Swiss Bees posted with Jay. You know, like they were like kicking it at his house or something like that. And then he came back and said, oh, this is what we were talking about. But it was, of course, about one of Jay's deals. Yeah. But this deal is structured so similar to the, the way Jay-Z has done his deals over the past few weeks that it gives you some sort of feeling like, okay, my man definitely took a page out of Jay's book to say, I'm going to give you what I've created, but not only in exchange for money, but you're going to make me also part owner of what you have. So right. you pay me for what I created, but you give me an opportunity to run it and contribute into what you've done. So it's like there's a win-win there, of course, because of the creativity that they've created with this concept. But then that that big piece, and I'm sure you have some things that you want to add to it, but the icing on the cake of giving other people ownership mm -hmm. despite their contributions and the fact that they got paid. So it's like, yeah, they contributed to the to the idea. They got paid through streams and all these other things. Yep. But also now you're an owner in the company. So I think, yeah, that's just so dope, man. So dope. First off, this is like the third week or something that we're we're talking about selling, you know, the um the business. But mm -hmm. even when we look back at the whole title situation, there was numbers that came out after that was like those people who were the starting artists of title, they all got a certain mill. I think yeah, it was like yeah. eight mil or something. Eight and yeah. and now that we're we're hearing about this triller acquisition or versus acquisition, but um, now each of the 
people who battled so far are shareholders. Like, and I find that very interesting. First off, because that's a lot of shareholders. All right, let's mm-hmm. let's that's yeah. that's a lot of people who already did battles, right? But my question, to be honest with you, is what happened to Apple? Mm. That's a big platform. Let's not. You went from a very big platform to an app that, you know, is starting to make a lot of wave. Right. Because you think about it. Snapchat, right? Like. uh, Yeah. Like similar Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Snapchat, TikTok kind of vibe. But clearly after the Mike Tyson um, fight and some of the things that they've been starting to do. Clearly, it's doing something. They're trying to make a different direction because I think from understanding that, okay, we're somewhat similar from a video format standpoint of TikTok. And instead of necessarily trying to beat them, let's try to create something different, right? Mm. And, and the crazy thing is I downloaded Triller for the first time today since I had nothing but time because of my computer. But, you know, whatever. It's not the point. It's not the point. Um, But at the same time, like, I looked at it, and the format is somewhat similar to TikTok, but what I like is that they have, like, a Triller TV, and I can see where the verses, and I think Fat Joe is on there now. Like, a lot of stuff is happening, and... It's great to see that it has minority shareholders, a lot of them. Yeah. A lot. And so for for looking at this from an idea, and I've I've stated this so many times, from an idea to now being sold. First it was from an idea to coming reality. From an idea to them becoming on a streaming platform, but now from an idea to being sold, that is huge. And not Mm. only that, is that these two are still going to have a hand in it, as well as the what the music strategy of um, of Triller, because they're doing a sports section as well, right? But what I did see, hold on, let me go back to it real quick. What I did see. Very specific. Every artist who did verses is a shareholder of Triller verses. Not necessarily mm. all of Triller. Right. But right. Triller verses. So that's interesting to me. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is fair, right? You're gonna bring all these artists, you're gonna say you're gonna own the whole app. Let's not do that, right? So that right. particular part, but my question. And, and I want to have that discussion is because they are owners now, right? Do you think that all these 40 something artists are going to play a part of it or are they just owners? Yeah. So the, the, the cool thing about being a shareholder is that you're not so much involved into the day to day or the operations, mm-hmm. but you have, and I, and I'm just going to assume that they they almost distributed stock amongst those 43 individuals yep. and said, OK, uh, let's say we have 
100 million common stock, each of the members is going to get automatically just a million shares. Yeah. So like now each of them have a million shares that gives them assets into the company. And should they at some point decide to sell it, should they at some point decide to cash in, that this is then how they get their returns. So right. that, that's what my, my, my automatic thought is, just the way the deal is structured. I'm sure there's going to be more information that comes out. But I would hope, Nikki, just kind of through my personal opinion, I would hope that they're not involved in the day-to-day because to have 43 people involved uh, into running an organization. Now, granted, if, if, versus, if that department or that arm of the brand is so big that it needs that many large leaders, or I shouldn't say large leaders, you know, just like head honchos, whatever that can really help push it, then sure, mm-hmm. I guess it works. But I can't see it, uh, at least this early in the game, having all of them being involved from an operational standpoint. I think Tim and Swizz are still going to lead that out, but they're involved. It's like, all right, you, your name is a part of the, the contract. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing some of them come back and give an input. You know, I, I wouldn't yeah. mind. Um, now, all of them know, but I, I wouldn't mind. But I am interested to see what is to come because the last verses uh, that I saw was the D'Angelo one. It was like D'Angelo and friends. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not a versus. Right. That's was a concert. Right. And granted, I didn't I normally do recaps of like and it's funny because a lot of uh, our listeners was like, yo, you ain't talk about the D'Angelo verses like you've been highly documenting mm. the verses. You have not talked about that. And I didn't talk about it because I was like, it wasn't a versus. It was a concert. Right. Right. And it wasn't even friends. It was like three people. I'm expecting when you bring friends, and and maybe this is just me from like uh, old concerts and everything. You say friends, you're coming out with like seven other artists and they're all here. It was like Method Man. Uh, Red Man, and I think her, and I can't remember anybody else. I don't. I don't think there was anybody else. I think that was it. It's not friends. Mm. That's your people. Yeah. Like that's that's right. not friends. That's like people who came through. But I see there's going to be a different change, right? From just verses to maybe just highlighting some of the artists. And clearly, we've seen the benefits of their streams going up. Like, I know I was playing D'Angelo. Like, man, I could really appreciate this music now compared to before, right? Right. Um, Before, I'm going to be honest, I just thought D'Angelo was just whining a lot and I wasn't really listening. I'm just, (laughs) just going to be honest. I'm like, yo, why are you whining? I don't get it. But I don't even remember how old I was when D'Angelo came out. I I don't remember, but... Um, I am excited to see what Versus does. I am excited that there is ownership still with it between Swiss and Tim, because what I was uh, scared about is like, you just give that up, right? And clearly that's not the case. They still have ownership and they still have clear direction of what that's going to be. So that's going to be huge. My question to you, Moose, is... 
What do you think is going to happen when the summer comes? Yeah, yeah, it's it. They have their work cut out for them. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, Nick, like while we've all really gave a tremendous amount of credit and props to Swizz and Tim for putting this whole thing together and making it into like a legit, a cultural phenomenon. In many ways, it's helped a lot of people get through quarantine and the pandemic. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a big hit. Yeah. But I believe they really have their work cut out for them. You know, uh, from one part of it, there was talk about, well, imagine this being like versus done live, where two artists are doing this in front of a, a live crowd. Phenomenal. But at some point, I believe there's got to be that transition that takes the brand and the movement to the next level, mm-hmm. or it's going to face some resistance of like, all right, cool, like we've done this, we're accustomed to it. And I think everyone goes through it. There's a natural progression of like, it's new, it's really, really hot. But then as other people start to adapt, what, what is, what is going to be that versus 2.0? That's going to really wow the crowd and say, okay, like these boys are here to stay or we really want to rock with, rock with them forever. Because like, yeah, I, I think of just other companies who've had to make that big transition, right? It's mm-hmm. like we saw Apple do it. We yeah. saw uh, Beats by Dre do it. We saw a lot of companies do it. In, in the tech space, I can't compare it to Versus because there's not many like it. Uh, but but I'm, I would be curious to see, all right, you know, we, you got some challenges ahead of you once the world opens up. But that 2.0 versus, I think, is going to really show a lot and say it's going to be the big, you know, deciding factor. Like, yo, we're here to stay kind of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to do starting to do pay-per-views. So if uh, the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, which was under Triller, was a pay-per-view, I could imagine some of the bigger names are going to be a little bit more interested now just because they saw mm-hmm. this move and say, oh, they're shareholders. Hold on. Mm-hmm. So maybe the next move that you make, right, we could be a part of that if we're in this. So I think now they see there's a bag clearly into this. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's true. And that's true. Like the it, big hitters like the Jays and the Drakes and all these guys, they still oh, haven't really pulled out yet. I don't yet, think Jays so coming. Like, no, no, no. You don't think don't, so? Don't, don't Not think. even on like a big, big... No, I don't... I don't the Holy Grail? No, like I don't, no? no, I don't... I don't think that. <laughs> I, th- I, don't, I don't think that. I, I yeah. think... And I don't think he's going to battle anybody. I think that would be more of a... Uh, whatchamacallit? That's more of a... Just like a D'Angelo thing. It'd be Jay-Z and friends. And that'd Mm -hmm. be something, especially if the world stays semi-closed, I could see that happening, right? Um, But the world's about to open up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the world's about to open up. That's all I got to say. It's happening. Yeah, slowly (laughs) but surely, I see it happening. Slowly but surely, it's happening. Yeah. I I just thought, hey, with with his relationship with Swizz, like, they seem to be pretty close friends. So it's like, hey, maybe some... What's that? Let me ask you. What's Mm. the... Can I pull that on you? Like, if we're we're friends... Okay. And, uh, and, you know, we're, like, number one in our industries. Can I pull the friend card to get you in my my thing? Or is that out of bounds? I mean, if it makes sense... Yeah, you. Okay. It, it's almost expected. If it if it makes sense, yeah. Um, okay. I I don't, but I don't see him. I don't see him battling anybody. And if he does battle anybody, who would he battle? 
the only one. Okay, let's have that conversation. Let's let's do that. Who would Jay Z battle? So <sighs> the only one the that makes sense to me. Nas. No, that doesn't make sense. That's that's doesn't make no? sense to me. That really no. We need to leave that alone. Hmm. He got murdered on ether. Let's just not bring this back for like oh good sake. Let's not. Let's keep it alone. Like let them be. There's already like mini beef and we talked about it. I don't think it's mini beef, yeah. but it's coincidence that every single time Nas drops, Jay drops. Y'all could check the stats even with this last um Black Messiah movie situation. They were on the same soundtrack. And of course, Jay-Z got more props because he had a song with Nip. So yeah, I'm 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 over that. Like I don't want to see that battle. And maybe that's me. Maybe you want to. I clearly don't want to see that battle. The only one, the t- the only two that make sense to me is Kanye or Eminem. Mm. Kanye or Eminem. What's wow. that? Wow. A Jay Kanye battle would be pretty cool though. That would be an interesting little. Just hey. saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. What? What say you? I think that would break records. Jay, uh, Jay Kanye would break records. That would be. I and I. I don't know. But here's the thing, though. While mm. while we may want to see that, mm-hmm. I don't think Jay would agree to battle Kanye because Kanye live. There's no telling what that man's gonna do, and I don't think Jay wants to be in an environment where he can't control, you know, like how he's going to be perceived or received by the world. So, yeah, I think Kanye might be a little too crazy. And he might agree to Eminem, although it won't be as exciting for the viewers. He might agree to it just because it's a safer bet. It's like, okay, M is a little older. He's Mm -hmm. not as crazy. Maybe, maybe I can, I can agree to that. But yeah, that would be, that would be one for the records for sure. Um, That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying, it should be those two situations. And if it's not, I, I don't know who else Jay would really battle. And listen, viewers, listeners, all you people, I don't know how you're watching this or hearing this or consuming this. I want to know who would you think Jay-Z could battle? Because I honestly don't think there's anybody really he can battle besides those two. Period. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of rappers who have been like, yo, I'm a, I want Jay. If I'm going to say somebody, I want Jay. Okay. All right. That's that's amazing. That's great. But, um, yeah. Um, oh, mm, you know what I want to talk about that I did not and didn't prepare for? But I want to talk about mm-hmm. this because we're talking about Jay-Z. And so I have to talk about the Biggie documentary. I didn't, man, I was wondering. we talked about that too. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this is the thing. And it's going to be short, so don't worry about it. We're going to get into our other topics. But this past week, depending on when you heard, um, Biggie's anniversary was March 9th, right? And they dropped the Biggie documentary prior to. Right. I think like a few days before, like March 1st or something like that. Yeah, probably about a week before. Yeah. Yeah, Within a week. So 
the the only reason why I wanted to bring that up is because the amount of interviews that we saw on that one from and, and behind the scenes uh situations was amazing was yeah, so yeah. amazing and and gave a different light to the whole situation that it I wanted to bring a lesson into it as far as the importance of documenting everything like mm. I didn't know that there was a camera to everything that they were doing. I didn't know that, especially back then. Like, yeah, for I real. Didn't, that's what I was thinking. It's like, that's early 90s, you know, mid to early 90s right. before nobody had the thought of a social media or anything like that really taking precedence. So the fact that they had that kind of vision, that's dope. Right. And so... My whole thing with the Biggie doc is like we he died at 24. Right. So Mm. the fact that he had a camera on him to do to D-Rock right through his beginnings, even when he was on the street freestyling that got recorded somehow, some way. If we didn't have that. What? What will we know of Biggie? Like, we would only know of what the media put out. But what's great about documenting on your own or having somebody to document you, you are now able to craft your own story. Like, you are able to fix or highlight what really is important about your life and about your accomplishments, right? Just seeing some of that footage was like, yo, that is so dope. Like, we hear the stories based off, you know, the mom, the friends and family and everything like that. But to actually see the footage brings just a different credibility to it. Brings just like a different feeling to it, even from... The standpoint of like all the way to the to the last day, right? All the way to the last day of when he died. Just seeing from when he was a kid to that, we now have a better picture of the personality of Biggie instead of just maybe the music or maybe the flashiness that Bad Boy had done. But I Moose, what what is your take on that that whole thing? Because I was, you told me about it, and I was like, man, I meant to watch it on this particular yeah. day, and then I finally watched it. I was like, man, I wish I watched it sooner, even mm-hmm. though I I watched it on the on March 9th. but I I still was like, man, I would I wish I would have saw it the day it came out because I yeah. learned so much, but I really focused more on man, I need to really plop up a camera more than I do now. I know between us and my lives and everything like that, I'm highly documented, but maybe some behind the scenes stuff, even with E, I'm like, yo, when are we getting back together? Because I promise you, he's going to be so annoyed how close Mm. I am going to be with this camera. It's going to be so annoying to him. And I love you, E, if you are watching, but I know you're not. You know what I mean? (laughs) But 
<laughs> but to 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 show more of the life of what both of us feel is a very impactful like human being just to yeah. see the 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 road trips just to see his thought process just to see everything like that i'm like yo we did okay but now it's time to step up because if it doesn't get done then we did a trash job we just showed no, the agree. highlights I agree. i'm just saying i agree 100% 100% i really appreciated that documentary just because to your point it's one thing to to see somebody and be like, oh, for sure, this person's a master at their craft. Wow, so much respect. It's another thing to see the evolution of that, to see it really unfold. Yep. And I think that's the one thing that the Biggie documentary really like communicated or it just envisioned so great. It was just like, yo, here's how it started. Here's the path. Here's the person he was. Here's where his mom came from. And I don't want to like spoil it for those who haven't seen it. Definitely go check it out. But should've it really gives it already. you. You should have watched it. Yeah, for real. You should have watched it. Yeah. But I, I really appreciate it. And, and then, of course, about the, the concept of documenting the process moving forward. A hundred percent. Like there was a clip that I saw on, uh, I believe it's uh, a project that Timbaland is, wor- uh, Timbaland is walk- working on. And it showed a behind the scenes of Nipsey in the studio. Mm. And it was just like, a, it was, and I'm just like, man, like you, maybe even as individuals, we may not think that's a big deal, but for the viewers, for those yeah. who are in the industry or just seeking inspiration just from the individual themselves, I think that brings so much more value and it really gives a closer look as to who you were, you know, even you would call it off camera, but in reality, it's still on camera. But yeah, I just think that the behind the scenes stuff is classic for sure. Yeah. So please go watch that Biggie documentary and look at it from a standpoint of how important it is to document the things that you are doing, regardless if you think it is important or not, that will come into play somehow, some way. In the future, you may not see it now. They didn't see it now. They were like, mm-hmm. yo, you got tapes? Make sure this is on. Like, and they probably didn't use, there's probably footage we still haven't seen. Yeah, for sure. There probably is a whole bunch of things we haven't seen, but we had to watch it in, a, what, a two-hour doc, probably a little bit less, you know. But that's, how good is that for the family? How good is that for friends to see and cherish that for something that happened that was so tragic, right? And I'm not sitting here saying that you guys are going to go out in a tragic way. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm saying. I am not wishing that upon you. However, maybe even the accomplishments that you've done till this point can be documented and help other people. So, yeah, go watch the Biggie documentary. That was a whole vibe, but... Can we talk about uh, $69 million on digital art? On No, that that deserves a bomb. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Let that rock for a little bit. We're just going to talk while it rocks. But um, so last week we talked about NFTs and how the Bleacher Report... um, kind of introduced it to the NBA through All-Star Weekend. And some of y'all were like, I still don't get it and everything like that. 
Well, you probably still won't get it after this, but I need you to understand this is a whole situation. So uh, let's let's just listen and uh, watch this. The artwork that I made is very much influenced by the tools and influenced by the work of a bunch of people in the crypto community as well. Hey, Mike, this is Jason. I just want to say congratulations. You're at 25250000 This is crazy, man. Jesus Christ, what the <gasps> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. Sixty-nine million. I think it probably means digital art is here to stay. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> wow. So, so for all my uh, audio listeners, what was that was a live auction by one of the NFT uh, artists called Beeple, right? Um, and one of his art sold for $69 million. Now, here, he, here's my thing with this, right? Because everybody knows I'm really big on this whole NFT thing because it's just super fascinating, right? When I started looking into Beeple, it was about like two years ago. My man was struggling to even sell $100 mm-hmm. worth of his art. Like, it had to be, two, like, one or two years ago. It wasn't even that long ago. To now really go in, and he's worked with people from Nike to Adobe. He worked with major brands and was still, like, selling it for the low for his own personal art. Now, what sold for that much was that he, it was called, like, what, Every day, 5,000 or 5,000 every day, something like that, where it was yeah. his drawings that he did every single day put into one spot. And this is all digital art. This was not a canvas or a painting or anything like that. This is all digital art. And if y'all, we went over it last week, but if y'all remember that Swiss Beats episode where, you know, he was already in the the mood of changing how art was for physical painting. I almost want to say that's not even that important anymore. No offense, because what the digital world is allowing artists to do, regardless if you are physical or digital, right, is on new levels that we have not seen. Now, I don't only subscribe to the art part. Like that's the one that has the most flames on it right now. That's where everybody's seeing because it's very visual. We're seeing the results right now and things like that. But there are high uh, high profile influencers that are even talking. Gary V has been highly documented as far as how he feels about the NFTs and how he's going to utilize it as a kind of a utility where if you buy this token, because NFTs is a non-fungible token, if you buy this particular token, right, that may have like a GIF or whatever he wants to create out of it, it's going to allow free access to all his keynotes, front row and green room access, which is a whole different thing because now you're feeding into a community, 
right? A community who loves that particular personal brand or influencer, right? And they're saying, hey, if you get this, this is the access that you're going to get. If you get this, this is what uh, this unlocks and things like that. So though the art part is amazing, understand that it really comes from a community piece because people has been following people and have been rooting for him and are buying it in support of people. Like it's a whole community. Now, granted, there are a lot of people that are coming in because of the money situation as normal. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really from a standpoint, if you're thinking about it as an influencer, personal brand or just brand in general, how can we feed our community in a unique digital way where they have a piece of us? Because now that person that won that auction owns that particular part of people's art, like owns it. No one else owns that. Though they can screenshot it and everything like that, there is always a great feeling about owning and people know that there's worth to that particular original piece. So I'm always looking at it as like, okay, like even if, for example, and all my podcasters or just people who work with other people, like if we did a Nikki and Moose, Moose NFT, we would have a token, maybe the the logo spinning and everything like that in the New York skyscraper. That's really dope. So if somebody wants to do that real quick, go ahead um, and then send it to me. Um, I love you long time. Yummy. Um, <laughs> but if that was our token and then that unlocks you to watch the podcast live or get a special one on one with us and things like that. Our community would be like, for sure, like, why not? So this is why it it breaks into almost a a different lesson somewhat. This is why it's important to build community. Because if people didn't have a community, regardless if it was a genuine uh, connection or if it's for a flipping and money connection, that's still a community that was always following people. And when is he going to drop and everything, how important it is to build that community to have the success that you want. My man was literally crying because somebody bought it for that much. Cause he would have never thought that something that he did on his maybe iPad or iMac would be worth that much to yeah. somebody. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's huge, man. You're talking life-changing, generational type of money. You know, mm-hmm. like to go from a couple hundred dollars for a piece of art to then land that or close that, you know, close to $70 million. That's huge. Right. And that's not to mention, and, and again, we talked about the benefit of the NFT. Just that world is that the artists can continue to make residual income or get compensated for every time that it's sold. So that's not to say that who knows what's going to happen years down the line as this industry and this concept gets even hotter, what will happen from there? So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's, it's really dope. It's really, really dope. So uh, again, and, and we're only saying this, and, and I think we, 
have mentioned it on the last one. We're not saying we're experts in the space. We're mm-hmm. definitely studying and doing our homework. We've kind of been going back and forth on it, but we just want to encourage people like, yo, get in the space early, right? Like plug in. Don't, don't be so late to the party uh, as we've been in a lot of these, you know, in a lot of these places with real estate and we're learning so much about uh, 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 these lessons now. And I think, uh, again, COVID, if, if there's any good that's come from it, I think the financial literacy has been great. Yeah. Uh, a great benefit for our generation through COVID. But let this be another one of those spaces that, although it's early, it's only two or three years, you know, and get, starting to gain traction and popularity now, it's like this is just proof that there's there's definitely some space here. There's some real estate that can be uh, really bought. And we know the minority community is typically the most creative in the space, respectfully. <laughs> and uh, we, we often... <laughs> right. Right, right, right. And we often make things hotter than what they are. So it's like, hey, start start paying attention to that so you can be an early adopter and, you know, shift and move with it. So, yeah. So if you haven't at least read up on NFTs, if you have a brand, right, I suggest you do. Because I think mm-hmm. this is going to be amazing for your community as far as being able to own something of yours. So, that's, that's all I'll say about it. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, let's talk about uh, one of my favorite um, entertaining uh, yeah. <laughs> rappers uh, right now. And that would have to be uh, Cardi B. You know what I mean? Mm. Shout out to Cardi. She becomes the first female rapper to earn a diamond single. That is... Huge. Huge. No other female has done that, right? For Bodak Yellow, um, that I, I should, you know what I should have done? I should have found the, um, there was this video that I was watching that it was like the whole city of New York, it almost seemed like, was singing it and like was wow. shaking the whole buildings. Like they were outside and all the buildings felt like if it was shaking based off that song. That song was huge. It was. It was was. huge. But we got to talk about just how dope Cardi is. Think what you want about her, to be honest with you. But how real and true this lady has been since the beginning Right. From stripper days to loving hip hop to uh, clearly a diamond single. Um, Moose got some stats on like just other stuff that she's she's broken. But actually, let me just let me just show you how real she is. Hold on. Let me just shout out (laughs) to my audio listeners. You're going to hear it's going to be hilarious. Not trying to be a typical like typical New York but on God, the first thing I do when I land, I am getting a chopped cheese. I don't give a fuck if it's seven in the morning. I'm getting a chopped cheese, bro. I haven't been in, haven't been home for three months, more since Christmas. First off, shout out to all the New Yorkers. You know what a chopped cheese is. Uh, second, literally, this is this was a recent video. Because like three months ago was was Christmas, right? It was a recent video. And she is still 
eating chopped cheese. Like, for those who don't know, like, Cardi was, got big on social media just by her crazy, hilarious rants and raves and everything like that. And, of course, uh, Love and Hip Hop, Love and Hip Hop took her to a whole new level, right? But she has been very transparent about her whole journey. Like, there's nothing from, you know, being a New Yorker, a Dominican, everything from he, her illegal procedures with her body um, <laughs> to now she has amazing teeth, an amazing body. Uh, she's pregnant. Well, no, she's not pregnant. She has a kid. She has a husband. That whole thing has been highly documented. But that's what makes us love Cardi. That's because she's she's like one of us. She's not like groomed to be an artist. Like if you look at some of the artists, especially early female ones, no offense, you could see they were groomed to the industry. And if they didn't get with it, they were they got lost pretty much. Yeah. They, they didn't survive. But what people love, I think she was the very first, um, I would say, influencer that a record label really picked up as far as a rap artist. If you realize maybe past, I don't know, a couple of years, they try to find the record labels are trying to find the top influencers and trying to groom them into artists now because mm-hmm. of the Cardi situation. Yeah. And it's it's just crazy to see that it is okay to be your cool, obnoxious, funny, um, very real self, and it becomes a diamond single. I don't most that whatever. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's crazy. I mean, again, you talk about first off the fact that she, you know, reaches this milestone during Women's Month. Yep. You know, where like during the month of March where the whole world is honoring women, I think that's really, really dope. It's like that that that's just uh, organic in itself and it, it obviously adds more fuel to the fire. So I think that's really cool. Uh but you think the my word when I when I see people like Cardi, my word is always audacity. I think authenticity is played out. So oh, I use sure. the word audacity. <laughs> And it's like, man, what, one of the things that I really have come to learn is that when you own your shortcomings and you almost start to air them out to the world, mm-hmm. the world can't even really come at you like that. Like they can't come back, you know, they can't come at her now and say, hey, we found out that during before your love and hip hop days, you mm-hmm. were... It's like she already told you that. Yeah. Everything. She told she she aired all of her dirty laundry so that you were just like, oh, OK, I, I'm just going to accept her for being real. Right. Like I got a bag and fix my teeth. Like <laughs> I know he was hooked on that line for a minute. Like there, there were a lot of things that we were just like, man, she is so real. And while yeah. people were on the fence, we're like, Wow. I don't know if I'm laughing with her or at her yep. right now. There's a lot more people who are laughing with her than at her because she just kind of like, you know, stood up and said, all right, whatever. I'm going to let the world know this mm-hmm. is where I, I come from. This is where I've been through. This is who I am. And I'm just going to stand and, and, and really let it go. But 
also from some of the videos, and, and I, I know we're about to show a couple of them here, but mm-hmm. she put in the work. She put in the work. She did. And yeah. the how true she is and transparent, like I really wanted to go over one in particular because last week we went over Eddie Murphy, right? And there was a statement because a lot of people feel very overwhelmed like and pressured when you put out something that's really dope, right? So for Eddie Murphy, that was the first coming to America, right? Um, for the regular smegular people, that may be a viral post. You know, that may be a sold-out product. You know, that may be a sold-out event or something like that. And now the pressure of, yo, what next? And Eddie said... Yeah, I don't feel pressure when when you do it this long. It's not necessarily about the critics anymore. But Cardi said something different. And I wanted to bring, like I said, Cardi is like one of us. So I wanted to bring it back to normal because sometimes we get so caught up in the whole, oh, my God, these are great people and they they can't do no wrong. They're superhuman and everything. Well, not Cardi. Cardi's real. I'm just Cardi's real. So let's get into this one. It's not, to me, it's not easy writing because this has been the hardest thing ever. It's not easy writing and it's not even easy to focus on a song because the type of pressure that everybody has put in me, on me. Like at first when I was doing music, it was fun and I was so eager to get in the studio all the time. Now it's just like I, I just, I don't know, I get like anxiety when I go to the studio because everybody's just expecting some crazy, mm-hmm. amazing magic from me. And it's just like, I want to give y'all what I thought that I, what I like. Mm. So uh, artists feel that way too. They feel the pressure too. Um... Moose, what, what what you got on this one first? Yeah, no, that's big. That's big. You know, I, I think while I like that she's admitting to that, let's also make sure we take into consideration that she still has put out more great and global music, yeah. right? And I think one of the songs that we talked about before the show, we talked about the song, I Like It, yep. that between YouTube and, and, and uh, Spotify, she has a combined... 1.7 billion streams on just that one song. By the way, I said oh, billion. First of all, you're not going to speed past that. Like, you can just say what you yeah. just said. Yeah, I just want to make sure I, I give that number again. A combined 1.7 billion streams on that song. And, of course, that was after Bodak Yellow, right? You know, we, we've also talked about how the Latin community and just Latin music has grown so popular in the last yeah. two years. You got to give her some credit for that. Pulling in J Balvin, Bad Bunny on that track. J-Lo eventually jumped on the remix. So, like, she really has done things that have been so inclusive inclusive, and, and brought diversity to the hip-hop world. Because yeah. now you see, now, Drake did it before, but he also, again, got in another song with, I think it was with Bad Bunny, right? Yeah. Like, it really started getting a lot of the big artists together and jumping into different cultures and saying, "All right, let's really collaborate regularly." Hold, and, hold on, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say like it's because of Drake and and Cardi. I mean, 
we got to remember little John brought in uh, Daddy Yankee back in the day. You know what I mean, I'm just true, true, listen, true, true, listen, true, hey, true. hey, it's this. I won't, this, I won't take that away. I won't take that away. But I'm, I'm just speaking to the consistency of yeah. the music now yeah. and it being played on like some of the and I, I, again, still for us here out in the tri-state or at least in New York, it those songs to be played on the on the popular radio stations that are non-Latin speaking. Yeah. And for that to be just so accepted, it's like, okay, that that's a new level as well for it to be so regular. But no, I mean, I'm just looking at, again, some of these stats here and it's like, there's a, there's a show, a show that she did with Bruno Mars uh, a couple years back, the Super Bowl weekend brought in 6.5 million. It was the highest earning show ever just in one night. So clearly, I mean, she she has continued to produce despite of some of the pressures and um, and still being real. Like, you know, just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to show you some of my mess ups. I know her relationship. There's an interesting situation there. But, right. uh, you know, all the best to Cardi. I think um, I like how you brought up the stats of like, look at all the people that try to bring in Spanish people to the songs. Uh, shout out to to Pitbull, who. I still think is underrated for real, for, oh, for real, sure. for what he's done. And we he's may have great to great at business too. Yeah. yeah, we may have to cover Pitbull for real because what he's the crossovers that my man has done is crazy. But uh not to go too far off. Um it's it's crazy to hear this perspective of things because I think we look at people who do those kind of numbers and feel as if they don't have those, they're not affected by those pressures. You know, uh, we we see how successful Bodak Yellow was. We see how successful her first album was. Regardless of the personal situation that was going on, like we see anything that Cardi put out, it was a hit. Like the, she just, regardless of what's happening People are listening and people are really cheering her on because of how normal and how her upbringing was. Right. And so it, it's crazy to see how that pressure really hits. And with Cardi, she's very she has to be a flight attendant. Oh, Shout out to sure. those people who who know the, the flight assessment. Yeah. We should have broken it down, but. Uh, shout out to the flight assessment. If you haven't taken that flightassessment.com, we'll talk a little bit about it right now. But she has to be a flight attendant because she's very emotional. Like if you look at some of the content that she's put out while she's been successful, bump that even before prior to and doing all the rants about some of the comments that she was getting and things like that. To even now still addressing some of the critics and the pressure clearly of what is like her latest single was up and she's still trying to defend what the definition of up was and who's on like who was uh, making fun of it or not making fun of it. What influencers got on it and didn't like she's forever defending herself still when she doesn't need to. She's proven. She has records that no one else has. She has a tribe that can almost go against a Nicki Minaj 
they go again, and that's not to bring up no beef, but as as strong as some of these female artists have for their tribe, we look at a Rihanna, we look at a Beyonce, we look at a Nicki Minaj, even bringing it back to Little Kim, they all had different tribes. Cardi has that tribe that really no one really messes with, right? And so how does how does one help Cardi to not feel that pressure and for her to recognize, yo, you're you could you're at a point where you could drop what you want to drop because um based off that clip that was going off of um one of the singles that didn't be careful for me, be careful with me or something like that, right? Off of the her, her album that gave it a different vibe than what she's normally. I think normally she raps and this one, it was like kind of like a melody singing and then kind of rapping vibe. And it didn't get the praise as if it was any of her other songs. And we actually haven't seen her do that afterwards. Right. But she was like, yo, that's my mom's favorite song. At what point can I create for me? Right. And I really think she can. But what scares me with Cardi is that she is definitely too attached to what people say. That will this affect her, her music down the line? I think overall and, and actually let me let me get into the big screen with this one. Uh, I think overall she could do acting she could do uh, go into her business bag and just open up a whole bunch of fashion stuff, shoes stuff, whatever she wants to do. She could do the, the J-Lo move and go into fragrances. She could do a lot that she wouldn't even necessarily have to go into music. But I feel as if you are still defending yourself right now, right now, when you just got this diamond single, when you clearly have a, a crazy amount of fans, crazy amount of success, it worries me of if that second album doesn't meet that that expectation, how are you going to take it? But I think the the great thing about Cardi is like she can't fail. She she really can't. There may be some songs that kind of like hit for a few weeks and then go under the rug. It may not have the same as like what we're used to, but it's still a hit compared to some of these artists that struggle. So I love how transparent she is about the pressure. I love how transparent she is about how it, even the comments till this day still really affect her, right? Because there was another interview where she was saying like, okay, they said this is going to be easier. Like, ignore the comments. It's going to be easier. But I'm still seeing The weekend and Kanye get all these crazy comments. Like, so does it get easier? I, I, don't, I don't think it will. Some people are are meant for that. Some people aren't. I'm not saying she isn't. I'm saying I I believe her team needs to shelter her from that situation 
to continue this success, this success. And she has an amazing team because compared to some of her early uh, interviews to what she is now, they're clearly, there's some grooming. There, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. changes. Okay. But um, I, I really believe once again, getting in that kind of bubble is going to help people who struggle with that overwhelming feeling and that pressure and everything like that, because you shouldn't do your art and what you've been wanting to do for necessarily only for others. It is supposed to impact others. It is supposed to help and, you know, send a sense of relief and entertainment when it comes to Cardi. But at the same time, you were doing this because you love the music so I hope that, and this, this was about like a few years ago, so she may mm-hmm. not even feel this way, um, but I, I, I hope that she understands her success and I hope that, and we all feel overwhelmed at some point, but that part is, is done and we can continue to get more hits from Cardi and, because we're cheering for her. We're absolutely, I think, it, I haven't met somebody who just straight up hates Cardi. They may not agree yeah. with her tactics and her social media ways and things like They may not agree with her past or whatever, but they still, from a, a holistic view, can still rock with Cardi. Yeah, yeah. No, that's real. That's real. I agree. And of course, it's already over an hour and we did have another clip. Do you want to do the other clip? I don't know. You call it. I'm, I don't. What do you want to do? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it real uh, quick. We'll give a, an abbreviated. Yeah, we'll do abbreviated. So we got one more clip, right? I was going to leave it for the live. I was going to say we just talk about it on the live. But um, we got one more clip that and this is an old, old interview. This is what I'm saying. You can see the polishness. Hold on. I don't know what's so crazy. People think that it was is like so easy for me because oh, like I already had a following. But what people don't understand is that my personality and what have and what the things that I have done, the drama that I have gotten into on reality TV show, it just it might it might overshadow my music. That's why I knew. And I know that people that on reality always talking about like, yeah, I'm an artist. I'm going to be an artist. But and that's why I always felt like it's like I got to put extra work in my music so they could take me serious. So I make sure I took my time. And um, I, I, I paid a lot of money so I could have the best engineers. Mm. Mm. So. Um, I actually wanted to go into the angle of how sometimes, uh, having success prior to can almost hinder you and almost could be a bad thing. Right. So, uh, for those who don't know the whole Cardi story, we'll kind of abbreviate it already, but we already did, but I'll say it again. Um, she was known on social media prior to Love and Hip Hop for just the way she is. 
the the rants that she would do, just the her real and raw kind of side of her, right? Uh, she was a whole stripper prior to, you know, shout out to the strippers. <laughs> oh boy. Um They need love too, and we don't. There probably is one who's listening, and we appreciate you. Yeah, you know I mean, we appreciate you. At least I do. I don't know if most does, but I do. Right? So, <laughs> oh man, I should have said uh, we're good, we're gonna we're done. No more clips. I did it. That's my fault, y'all. I I take the blame for that. Okay, that was on me. Wow. <laughs> but right. anyways, so then she gets on Love and Hip Hop, right? And anybody who has seen Love and Hip Hop knows that that uh, that show is full of drama, right? It's what the what they used to say is like failed rappers used to go on Love and Hip Hop just to kind of kind of bring back their uh, relevancy and uh, their careers, right? But the Crazy thing is the only one that really stood out from a music standpoint was Cardi, right? And once again, it's because of her journey and how much energy they put towards her. Like, yo, you're, you got to win. You got to win, right? Now, when you come from a reality TV show that no one takes serious, that knows that's full of drama, to then the music industry... Right. It's a lot of people are going to doubt, especially for how that was kind of based out of like, yo, these are like people who did do great, but not any like they haven't been relevant for a minute. And there hasn't been anybody that really stood out from a live love and hip hop standpoint that brought back their um, that brought back their career from a music standpoint. Right. So. She probably had a lot of doubters. And what I liked about what she said was like, yo, I had to put in a lot of work. I had to put in a lot of money because I wanted people to see how serious I was. I didn't want them to think that this was a joke. This was a reality TV show kind of vibe. And I'm just supposed to do this. Like, no, I take this serious. So let me put in the dough to get the best engineers, to get the best producers, get everything like that. And let me put in the work and it worked out because yeah. I don't think the others may have taken it so serious for whatever reason. I'm, I'm not here to assume or not, but this is for those who have doubters. This is for those who may, you know, has success before and it doesn't necessarily translate to what you're going to do currently. You have to put in the work. You have to give in that extra maybe time, effort, money, whatever the investment is to get to the top. You have to do that, even though sometimes it seems as if it's already there. It should be a clear transition. Like, oh, I have umpteen many followers. So, you know, um, this should this should just everybody should just follow me. This is even where. Um, a lot of people 
like ask us about a rebrand. Like, yo, I got all these followers. I'm going to do something new. I'm going to tap dance now. So, you know, um, I'm going to tap dance in this next video, but I'm losing followers. I'm losing all this stuff. Like what's happening, right? Well, um, because you were dope at one other thing. Like they know you for this. Now you actually have to work a bit harder and not expect that your followers, um, your tribe members are going to rock with you with this new venture, with this new activity. We have to put in a bit of extra work. But Moose, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I think the the best part that stood out and I want to highlight it here, you spoke to it pretty good, too. But it's just the concept of reinvesting back in herself Mm -hmm. like that. That is so critical, you know. Time and time again, and I'm I'm learning this firsthand as well. It's like you got to be mindful of that first level of success, yep. right? Whatever the first few levels of success, because you're so close to being back at nothing that if you just hang your hat on that and just say, "Okay, I'm good now. I'm not where I used to be, so I'm I can just coast right here, or I'm just going to continue on this path." You want to be mindful of that, man, because. Like we said, I heard someone say, one is close to none. It's like, you know, you're so close to zero by just having one thing mm. that you that's not a safe space, right? So, like, the Wait, fact that she's... All, you're not going to speed past that. Like, you didn't just say what you just said. Mm-mm. Yeah. Again, break that down. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's like, you think about just her, her, her kind of story. It's like, okay, she got on Love and Hip Hop or... She did the reality TV thing and she did get some ground and she's starting to get some momentum. She could have just kind of hung her hat on that and say, okay, I'm only going to stay in the reality TV space. Mm-hmm. But then she goes, nope, I'm going to invest back in myself. I'm going to, she said, I paid a lot of money, yep. right, to get the best sound engineers, that kind of thing. So that she diversifies, if you want to look at it from an investment standpoint, so that she diversifies her portfolio. So yep. what I'm saying is I've heard people say one is close to none. Meaning if you're banking on one thing to cut all your bills or pay all your bills, then it's too close to just being out in the street with nothing because Mm -hmm. there's only one thing. So now she goes to this multidimensional thing where she levels up in the music game. And like you said, now where she sits, she can act, she can sing, she can rap, she can go back on reality TV, she can do her own thing, she can do fashion, she can do like product, she could do so many different things that where she's positioned now, just by choosing to reinvest back in herself, mm-hmm. that's been the game changer. So I think that's the pull, the key lesson to pull from this one. Shout out to the strippers. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Anyways. <laughs> um... Moose, what business are we making so we could sell like Jay Z and Swiss and oh. Tim and like, man? Yeah, that's real. If another real. week At happens first, and somebody else sells something, I'm, I'm, I'm. No, I'm not stopping this podcast. That was that was a lie. That was that, was, that came <laughs> in my head and that was a lie. No, I'm not doing right. that. Uh, we'll cover it. We'll cover it like we always do. But um, yo, <laughs> like. But yeah, like no, I said earlier, with the verses, is like it was an idea to sold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and typically or traditionally, 
people often think that it's got to be like a, a tangible business, right? Or a traditional business product, product-based business. There are things to buy and sell. So that's the business that you transfer over because easily it will continue to go on even if ownership changes. Right. But the way, the way businesses and, and things are being done in today's world, that's not necessarily true because you can have the founders take part in the business mm-hmm. But, you, you know, so like it's showing that there are ways to do it in this new world, which is really cool. I'm just saying. It's happening, y'all. It's happening. Listen, uh, we got to go. We do. Um, went a little bit. Over. No, we're right on time. So, look, follow us everywhere. Uh, Nikki and Moose, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Hey. hey, for all our professional people, we're trying to make an, uh, an appearance over there. So go follow us on LinkedIn as well. Um, but Tuesdays, 8 p.m., go to uh, Nikki and Moose on YouTube. We go live. It's always a fun time. All that great stuff. But uh, Moose, <sighs> final words. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doubling back with the same one, y'all. We gotta play the long game, you know. The the when you look at when you look at Swizz's or, or Swizz and Timberland, I should say, when you look at how they really ran this versus concept, mm-hmm. they did not make any money until this acquisition here. This entire time, they were not making money, like taking money from Apple or anybody. They weren't really taking money in their pockets. Now, yes, they were making money through their streams because some of the songs that the artists were choosing to play, they produced, they remixed, right? They did something. So they were getting money through their streams, but it wasn't for that particular concept. But you see how you play the long game. And in this case, it's only, what, 12, 14 months, Nikki, you know, throughout this COVID time that they're able to acquire it. So I know it may sound like, oh, but I've heard that before. Well, I think it's something that you need to be reminded of because in every time you know, any corner you get to uh, to experience something like this, it just serves as those reminders. Man, play the long game. Continue to invest in your business. And, uh, hey, one day you'll get acquired. <laughs>